0: as hell and i want to get ill so i go to a place where my homeboys chill fellas out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the all right everyone welcome back to another episode of the bored as hell podcast i'm adam mcdonald with big shiny robot and i am andy wilson also a big shiny robot adam you sound bored as hell what is up oh it just works kicking my, my trash right now i just Anyways, uh, we're here with two movies that, uh, because work's wonderful, I didn't get to see. (laughs) So, uh, we're going to let Andy pontificate while I sit here and try to be sassy. (laughs) No,
1: (laughs) the the good news is, Adam, you didn't really miss a whole lot this week. Two kind of weird movies. The first was Storks, which is the new animated movie from Warner Brothers Studios, uh, who will remind you incessantly that they are the studio that brought you the Lego movie. Of course they will. Because that is supposed to make you think that this is somehow much better than it actually is. Um, yeah, storks no longer deliver babies. Uh, instead, they basically work for an Amazon.com type package delivery service, and they bring you all your stuff to your house because uh, that's what they do. Well,
0: wait, wait, Where um, do babies come from now?
1: uh sex
0: <laughs> oh, so sex put the storks out of business, got it okay. yeah, I, well
1: no they so the the storks stopped uh delivering babies because eighteen years ago uh, there was a massive failure where one of the babies got lost and uh, ended up being orphaned with them, and this little baby tulip uh works with the storks and is a huge troublemaker. So the boss, played by Kelsey Grammer, tells uh, our our main stork, Junior, played by Andy Samberg, that if he wants to become the boss of the storks, he needs to go and fire Tulip and uh, send her on her way out into the human world so that they can continue their jobs of delivering packages. Uh, unfortunately, he can't bring himself to do that, and... Uh, she ends up through a mishap actually making a baby, in the in the Storks baby factory. Oh, and I was to ask,
0: was it that or was it sex? So
1: no, okay. <laughs> there was no sex in this movie. Uh, the The Storks have a a baby factory, and she accidentally turns it on, and uh, he decides to try and cover it up by taking her and the baby and going and delivering them. And wackiness ensues. Um, uh, Well, not that much wackiness. This movie's pretty boring. Um, There's not a whole lot here. Really, this movie shouldn't be called Storks. This movie should be called Babies Are Really Cute. Because there, (laughs) there are really, really cute animated babies in this movie. And that is the number one thing to go and see here. Because you will just sit there and you'll go, aww.
0: (laughs) <laughs> and, and,
1: uh, Key and Peel show up as a pair of wolves, uh, who are the leaders of a wolf pack that inexplicably, uh, their wolf pack can turn into anything. So they, like, turn into an SUV and a submarine. Wait, what? And, yeah. The wolves, like, imagine the wolves, like, curling themselves up into, like, a wheel and, like, becoming the wheel on a car. And then, like, forming the outer chassis of an SUV. And, like, driving around. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Tweep, but... twop, twop. <laughs> but it's kind of fun to see, like, transforming wolves. It, it's an interesting thing that obviously can only be pulled off in animation. Right. you are actually pretty funny in these two roles. Um, but this movie just really isn't that great. Four out of ten.
0: Hmm. Yeah. The, the trailers didn't look that appealing. It was kind of one of those, like, oh crap, I have to see this type of things.
1: Yeah. But, oh, yeah, oh, but... and oh, there's one reason to avoid this movie. The, the bad guy in the movie, who is uh, a little pigeon, he is the most annoying thing I have seen all year. Who voices him? Uh,. Uh, a a voiceover actor named Stephen Kramer Glickman. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, <laughs> just, just
1: terrible. I he talks like vest the whole oh, movie God. to tell you that he's a bro and he's out of it, and he's awful. It is like seriously, I would rather go watch the Nick Crawl douche
0: from Sausage Party. That's over. exactly what I was thinking of too. It sounds yep. like the douche roll from them. I mean what's he done here? Yeah. Uh, nothing actually. This is yeah. the, he was in Workaholics for one episode and yep. Oh, you were on the Ricky Lake show a couple years ago.
1: Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, there's he's just terrible and I don't know what they were thinking and why they chose this guy to voice him like that or why they chose this character who could have maybe been fun but he's just he's just awful and he's a major reason to not see this don't take your kids to go see this there are still theaters showing the secret life of pets you can go see that but really you should still be taking your kids to go see Kubo I yep. don't know why you would go see anything but Kubo if you're gonna take your kids to go see something or Pete's dragon Pete's dragon still out yeah.
0: there it was those. actually a friend of mine asked me if I would seen this one I was like no I had to work and He's like, oh well, we wanna take my his kid to go see something and I was like, Well, go see Kubo or Pete's Dragon. He's like well, we saw Pete's Dragon, but Kubo sounds like it'd be good. So.
1: Kubo. Always go see Kubo. Um, and that leads us to the big movie of the week, which is Magnificent Seven. Which, which is, is the cool.
0: remake of my favorite movie.
1: Uh it yes, it's the remake the... of
0: the remake of the remake of the
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. Like um, the Magnificent Seven was a western in 1960, starring Ewell Brenner and Steve McQueen, and it was a remake of Akira Kurosawa's The Seven Samurai, which, as you said, Adam, is your favorite movie. Yes. But why don't you tell us kind of the basic plot of Seven Samurai, Magnificent Seven?
0: So The Seven Samurai was it was uh, it's a little village, and these uh, bandits would come after the harvest, and they raided before... Well, this farmer over here is and he decides, hey, uh, we need to get someone to kind of help defend us, so they hire uh, seven Ronin, who are basically masterless samurai, to come and protect them from these bandits coming back, and uh, this was kind of the first time that ever this storyline has ever happened. I mean, it's happened countless times since then. We've got, uh, like you mentioned, the Magnificent Seven, uh, Bugs Life. <laughs> A Bugs Life? Yeah. Bugs Life was one that did yeah. Um, so you had all these other, it was all these wonderful tropes that I could spend forever going into, Uh, If you really want to see it, though, the Criterion Collection came out with a a Blu-ray of it, and it's expensive as hell, but if you wait, like, every single July, uh, Barnes Noble puts all of them on uh, half off, and then also, for some reason, uh, Costco gets them all the time, so keep an eye on Costco and pick them up. But this is, uh, again, this was done back in the uh, long, long time ago, back in Japan, back in those... uh,
1: 1954.
0: 1954, yeah. And um, I didn't go back and watch it again. I haven't seen it in a couple years. Uh, but this was one of the biggest box office matches for Japan back then, um, and it's influenced everything from, like I said, so movies we mentioned. Star Wars is very similar Wars, to it. Yeah. Uh, George Lucas has been very open about the fact that he got a lot of ideas from this movie. So it's one of the most influential films probably ever. Um, and and I,
1: I think if you ask any, like, film buff, like... Uber. And you say, what are the top ten movies of all time? And a lot of people will put Seven Samurai in their top ten because it's it's hugely epic. Another place you can watch it is Hulu. They've got it on Hulu. Oh, really? Yeah. If you if you've got Hulu and you want to sit down for three and a half hours, yes, it is that long. Yes, it is worth it. Yes. Um, I started I started watching this again Thursday night after uh, after seeing this remake. Um, because I'm like, let's go revisit this just, just to remind myself the difference between these two, because this this is not as good. Now, it is not a bad movie, but it's just not a it's not a particularly good remake of Magnificent 7. It's not a particularly good remake of the Seven Samurai. It's not even a particularly good Western. And thinking back over the last decade of all of the really good Westerns that we've seen, I think this might be, like, the least good one that I've really? seen
0: out of. Really? You know, Antoine Fuqua normally knocks out of the park, being back from, uh, you know, Training Day, uh, The Equalizer, uh, yeah. Southpaw was absolutely fantastic.
1: Yep. And and he's reteamed teamed here uh, with Denzel, and the for, and he's got a great cast full of a lot of talented people. Chris Pratt uh, and Ethan Hawke, who is in another great Western that's coming out this year called In a Valley of Violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, also very good. And Vincent D'Onofrio, who is ridiculous. Uh, just for some reason, this doesn't gel. And there's so much talent. There is so much potential and I I know I know I always try and go into a movie and and meet it on its own terms and say what is this movie trying to do what is this movie trying to bring to the culture to the zeitgeist to the conversation and I just feel like it isn't bringing anything other than saying Hey, dude, explosions and gunplay are cool. Pew, 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 pew. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of uh, room here for some sort of cultural commentary. You have this town being threatened by a mine owner who wants to come in and take the land away from these farmers. And so they go out and hire a bunch of gunslingers. And it it should be this... This great movie, it could have said something about, uh, about class and about money and about power and influence, and it didn't say any of that. The fact that they had Denzel Washington as the lead samurai gunslinger, and he's teamed with two, confeder- two ex-Confederates and uh, a Native American, a Comanche... And the racial issue never comes up at all, at all. Not really? And you know, uh, after after Antoine Fuqua so brilliantly dissected racial tensions in America with Denzel and Ethan Hawke in Training
0: yeah. Day, so it's like he's he's already done this. So it's not as if it's it's uh, like new to him.
1: Yeah, I I just expect... Him to be able to do more than deliver, uh, you know, a a passable and entertaining movie that doesn't do a whole lot more than than any other popcorn flick, and that and that's just too bad. One interesting thing that they that they do is they they took the role of. Um, I'm just thinking Flick, because Flick is the kid, is the one in the bug's life. But the Flick role. Rikichi, the head farmer who says, hey, we should go hire some samurai. Mm-hmm. And they turn her into a woman. Hey, that's a cool idea. Let's gender swap this and say something about uh, about gender and gender politics. And she's the leader, and she's a badass in her own right. But she doesn't get enough to do in this movie. She she kind of occasionally gets a couple of heroic things on her own. She's a great shot. She ends up being pivotal in the final battle. But for most of the movie, it, as empowering as it is for her to take on this heroic role, she mm-hmm. then remarginalized. By being an object of romantic desire for Chris Pratt to flirt with, and granted that is fun it is th- there's a lot of fun like, oh, will they or won't they they're the sam and diane uh, uh, thing going on here uh, between the two of them, but there, again, there's so much potential here, and they just didn't run with it mm-hmm. and 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 so i'm I'm giving this a six out of ten. It's not bad. It's not bad by any means. But if you want to see The Magnificent Seven, go watch the original Magnificent Seven. Or, even better, go watch The Seven Samurai. Go watch A Bug's Life. Uh, Go watch the episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars where they do Seven Samurai with Seven Jedi. It's great. Uh, But if you want a good Western, you have a lot of others to choose from. Hell or High Water, still in theaters in some places. Go and check that out. Uh, The Proposition, Slow West, Unforgiven, and coming out in a few months is that other Ethan Hawke Western, In a Valley of Violence, which is an amazing movie. And so much better in terms of saying like, hey, here's a classic Western and we're elevating it to say something about what's going on in 2016 and this movie just doesn't do that so it's it's really kind of a disappointment but uh, you know mainstream audiences are probably going to like it because it's safe it isn't going to challenge anybody and it's, it's fine there's nothing really that wrong with it other than you know your basic plot holes and Hollywood trickery but yeah It's okay.
0: Yeah, and to be honest, there are certain times when, and we've talked about it before, where you want to just go and enjoy a popcorn movie and turn your brain off. Although it is sometimes kind of fun when those popcorn movies can still be interesting and enjoyable and kind of make you think, Uh, instead of, like you mentioned with this one, just uh, kind of fill some holes, has some problems, but... Yeah. Basically, there's there are worse things out there and there's better things out there. So choo- choose yeah. wisely what you want to see. <laughs> yeah. If if you
1: are a huge fan of westerns and you really absolutely have to see this, then okay. But uh, there there just isn't a ton here. And if you're one of the the normal people who only goes to see two or three movies in a theater every year, I I just this. I would go see Kubo and the Two Strings. Like it's, There are there are better things to do. Or save your money for something that is really, really worth it. Yeah.
0: Or if you want a good popcorn movie that you can turn your brain off and have fun, um, if you haven't seen Star Trek yet. I mean, I know it's a couple oh, months yeah. old, but Star Trek's still out there. and it's, it's still fantastic.
1: Yeah. and uh, That would... I think that is a perfect example of like a popcorn-ish movie that also can make you think. Mm-hmm. So... And and has something to say about what's going on, and um, this this movie just just doesn't. It it feels like it was completely sanitized of uh, anything that might challenge an audience or or make you think about something, and that's just unforgivable. Especially and especially when the the whole idea of the Seven Samurai is about collective action and coming together as a community mm-hmm. to take on a big threat. It, you know, even A Bug's Life added to this. When uh, when the Kevin Spacey grasshopper is telling the other grasshoppers, like, there are more ants than there are us. And if they ever figure that out... We're screwed. Then, then, yeah, <laughs> we're dead. And... And and we'll never be able to do this, so we have to keep the ants afraid. Wow. What an important lesson to be teaching people. And this just turns into this mano a mano fight between the big bad guy and awesome Denzel Washington. Because it turns out he's not doing this out of the, you know, just because he's a he's a lawman, he's got a history with this guy, and he's going to go take him down for some wrong he did him in his past. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, that takes a lot of the nobility and and beauty out of this film and just turns it into your, your kind of throwaway Western. And yeah. if you want the mano a mano thing going on or one man standing against everyone, there are other Westerns that do
0: that and do
1: it better. And yeah, I just
0: So you're saying that Antoine Fuqua saw two Michael Bay movies?
1: Yeah. I I think Antoine Fuqua was like looking to pick up a paycheck. It's <laughs> <I, laughs> like, "Oh, well we could do this. This was I bet this movie was a blast to make. You have an amazing set of actors um, and you get to go out and shoot guns. And remake the Magnificent Seven. I bet they had a lot of fun making this movie. It it just wasn't wasn't that great. Is, they're not trying hard enough, uh, and I I just think that goes back to the script. There just wasn't anything in there, and it's you know it's it's the equivalent of the Xerox effect. Mm -hmm. You make a copy of the original of Seven Samurai, and then you make a copy of a copy, and it's not as good. And I I think that's what they were trying to do, and they totally messed up what the the essence of what made both of those films work was.
0: All right, well, that's kind of sad. Well, I mean, like you said, the good news is there's still a lot out there that we can go watch and see. Yeah. Um, And we got a bunch of new movies next week. So uh, we've got Deepwater Horizon. Uh, which is the story of the oil rig that kind of blew up and all that fun stuff. Kind of blew up. <laughs> <laughs> kind of blew up. <laughs> uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. And Yay. then the one that, uh, I don't know, the trailer looked just kind of corny and stupid, but looked kind of fun, uh, was Masterminds. But I am kind of worried about this one because this is the one that was supposed to have come out back like in June. And they pulled last minute, so I was actually kind of surprised they even released it at all. So it's it's um, Jared Hess. So yeah, I that is
1: Jared Hess has done some amazing things and has done some not so good things. So I'm interested in seeing it. Also, uh, uh, first of all, I've already seen Miss Peregrine's Home. Okay, and, and I'm not embargoed on it, um, but uh, we'll we'll review it next week. But it's pretty good. And, and you're going to like it. It's more of a return to form for Tim Burton than, than we would have expected. Uh, I've also seen a new Disney movie called Queen of Katwe, uh, which is an inspirational sports movie about chess.
0: Yay! In Africa. Or I can get behind.
1: <laughs> it's uh, the true story of a, uh, a 12-year-old chess prodigy living in the slums of Uganda. And her coach, uh, who takes her to uh, to the top of international chess, starting if there is such a thing. So we'll talk more about that also next week. But it's in limited release in a few theaters across the country right now, and it's getting a wider release next week on the 30th. So we'll we'll talk about that. And that is also that movie's going to make you cry um, if you like the idea, the premise. But we'll talk more about it next week.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm glad to see you've already seen some, and yep. hopefully work will let me go see some this week, too. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, but, yeah, we'll be back next time. But until then, hail Satan, and have a lovely afternoon. Punk-ass tripping, but it's all right. Homey scored a key, he's gonna fly, punk gas fly.